Welcome to Autoimmune Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Justin Janoska, clinician and founder of the Autoimmune Revolution. After watching my mom suffer with autoimmune disease, I have made it my mission and purpose to help people like you. Unlock the door to better results, regain control of your body, and feel like yourself again. I want you to become an autoimmune alchemist and get your life back. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. May you be filled today with joy, abundance, and loving kindness. Peace and love. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Justin Janoska. Really happy that you're here today. Now, I'm not actually that happy myself because I uh, got a knot in my somewhere in my rotator cuff area of my back yesterday at the gym. And I was tossing and turning all night. Then I woke up and I got the Theragun. I started trying to get back there with it. Uh, it's hard to do this on your own. Um, and it's been killing me. It's like, oh, I can't figure out how to turn my head. And so that's been my struggle today, but it could be a lot worse. I hope your day is much better than this. And you can turn your head and look around. Um, but let's look into weight loss, actually, in autoimmune disease today, because this is something that comes up a lot. I get a lot of questions every day, seemingly, about this on social media. And it's clearly a big issue with most of my clients and everyone wants to lose weight, it seems, or at least they want to feel better in their own clothes or skin. So it doesn't mean you have to lose weight. It doesn't mean that you're striving for a particular number on the scale, but you want to change your body composition somehow. And you're making all these efforts with your diet and your exercise and doing all the quote unquote right things that you think are necessary, but nothing's really moving or you've seen some progress like I hear from others, and then you plateau. And this is invariably what happens when you're doing something for a period of time. It's working, probably, and then it stops, and then you double down and try harder. And this is the issue with just like the diet culture and, and the fitness industry as a whole. This idea of we need to eat less, exercise more, and then we need to push it further and do more exercise and cardio and be more intense and be more restrictive with their diet, cut more calories and carbs and do these extreme things, which usually backfires. Now, this is especially an issue in the context of chronic disease because you have, I say this all the time now, I say when you have chronic disease like autoimmune disease or Hashimoto's, for example, PCOS even, you have to play by a different rule book. You can't play by the same rule book as the average person on the street who can, who like me, honestly, could eat less, exercise more, and lose weight without a problem. I mean, that's the truth for me. But unfortunately, when you were dealing with autoimmune disease, you have to do something a little different. Um, yeah, it sucks. I understand that it's frustrating and you have to put in more effort and be more patient. But it's not going to happen quicker by forcing and striving the body to do something it's not ready to do. And this is really the, the key teaching here is that an understanding that we need to have is that your body does not care about your body image and how you look and your aesthetics or your, and your vanity. It doesn't care. You do. I do. We all do. But at this point in time, your body's in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, it only cares about one thing holding on to energy, not expending it. And if it loses fat and burns that, well, that's kind of the opposite of survival, right? It's trying to hold on to that for a reason. 
so it's just understanding evolutionarily like why this is happening um and that we can try to bypass things and do weight loss surgery and do medications and do these extreme things to get the body to do what we want it to do but that really doesn't work and and it's often very expensive and costly emotionally physically too and this sort of stress that we put on the body by doing these things actually is what worsens symptoms and this is what I, I really just try to tell everyone and I'm telling you that you have to do things very differently. And I'll tell you what that is. So uh, the first thing I, I should say is that when I say we have to play by a different rule book, what does that mean? Well, when you're in a state of metabolic dysfunction or disease, um, you have to restore the balance in the body, right? Hormones, inflammation has to have to be controlled hormones have to be in balance, inflammation, um, immune dysfunction has to be figured out. The nervous system has to be recalibrated and you, you really got to get to a place of safety and getting your body to feel that way. And that will be evident in, in hormone panels and inflammatory biomarkers and HRV heart rate variability, cortisol, for example, there's certain things that I look for in labs for people. And honestly, just the way you feel emotionally and physically will have a lot, will say a lot too. So eating less is actually putting strain on the body. It's deepening survival mode. Exercising is important for autoimmune disease. We know that we have to move our body. It actually helps with pain and helps with inflammation. It helps with shifting the immune system in a favorable direction. But there's a Goldilocks middle ground here that we have to shoot for. So essentially, we need to get to a place where we eat a little bit of deficit, maybe more, maybe closer to maintenance, and we are dialing back the exercise. We're doing some movement three times per week, full body, a lot of walking. You need a lot of rest and recovery, basically. I mean, that's really the secret. It's, it's not that complicated. It's like, okay, we have to do the opposite of what we've been taught and what most people are doing. Um, which might seem counterintuitive, but when you understand the physiology and the biology of the body, you have to actually think about, well, this makes sense and understand that for a period of time, eating closer to maintenance or eating in a small deficit coupled with more restoration and relaxation and not doing more cardio and trying to hit a PR in the gym and doing CrossFit and Orange Theory and these things that I've worked with people who do these exercises and workouts, um, it doesn't work. It doesn't pan out very well at all. And people have massive flare-ups. I was actually talking to somebody this week who has lupus and she did uh, bodybuilding. And all of a sudden, and you hear this a lot actually with, with people who, who do competitions, bikini, things like that, um, where that chronic dieting and that over uh, over-exercising is really what's pushing the body in this deeper uh, inflammatory state. And then people have flare-ups and, and symptoms that are worsening. So you don't want that to happen. So listen, when I tell you that movement, moving your body is important, but you know, you, you have to find the middle ground. So I really recommend people just do some moderate, mild exercise with weight training and resistance training, because you got to stimulate your muscles. Um, but we need more walking and more relaxation more than anything. Um, if I were to say to you or ask you rather, what do you think is more beneficial going 
to the gym for one hour a day where you were sitting all day, but you committed to one hour for working out? Or would you say that moving your body all day and not working out at the gym is better? It's the latter, actually. Yeah, so moving your body, walking, dancing, gardening, you know, playing with your kids, walking the dog, um, whatever you vacuuming, all those sort of things. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT, as they call it in research, that is actually more of what helps you with losing weight, which actually holds true with uh, for anybody, myself included. Exercise represents a very small percent of the metabolism. So we need it, but we can't really hone in on that. It's really not the priority, especially in autoimmune disease and chronic disease. And with diet, it's no different. You really can't afford to undereat because when you're in survival mode, pushing yourself into starvation just really obviously intensifies that problem. So there are three things I want to mention though, that three categories, I would say that we really want to pay attention to because this, look, there are many moving parts and things that can explain why someone's having a hard time losing weight. But it's way, way more than eating less or your diet, that is, and exercise. Because even if you get that dialed in right, there's no guarantee you're going to suddenly lose weight. Um, there are many other parts and things that could be imbalanced or need to be corrected in order for this to work out better for you. So, you know, one thing I'll say that I've noticed is that when it comes to diet, this gets really uh, confusing because on social media, you see people say, this diet's better and keto is better or carnivore or paleo or vegan or whatever. And nightshades are bad. Lectins are terrible for you. You should avoid avocados and you should eat, you know, someone said to me, I thought uh, cooked carrots are better than raw carrots. And I was told to eat that. I'm like, this is, this is sort of the problem because it's really not about what we think. Okay. What you think or what social media says is a good food or bad food um, is irrelevant. The truth does not lie there. It lies within what your immune system thinks about the food. Not what I think, not what you think, not what your doctor thinks, not what Google thinks. So you must look at which foods help you eat better versus which foods make you feel worse. Okay? Which foods make you feel worse? Which foods make you feel better? Which foods help you eat better? And which foods help you eat worse, essentially? regardless of what food is deemed healthy versus unhealthy. If we start getting in this sort of binary black or white thing, like bad food, good food, bad food, good food, this is where we get lost. And unfortunately we've done this and people will think that, yeah, tomatoes are bad because it's a nightshade and potatoes and I can't eat that. And all soy is terrible. And look, there are people who, react to the healthiest foods on the planet, like certain, you know, like spinach maybe, or, you know, salmon. So is it really a health food anymore at that point for you? No, if it causes inflammation, it's not. So we have to get rid of the, our sort of bias here and just be curious and open-minded to this. Okay. So that's the first thing I would say is if you're contributing to the problem by eating foods that aren't really working with your body, well, you got to fix that. You can't ignore the intuition, the wisdom of the body. Now, granted, some of the, this is for a whole other episode, by the way, but if you can't tell if a food is causing a immune reaction, that's possible because there could be delayed sensitivities and food sensitivity testing is not reliable and accurate really um, at this point in time. So we're not going to 
put our, we're not going to lean on that to give us the truth. But some people can obviously have avert symptoms with certain foods. So if that's evident for you and you see that, well, listen to that. But don't just eat it because you think someone or someone has convinced you that this is important and you need this in your diet. We get way too caught up in this. Okay, so diet is really not the the bigger issue here. Um, it's just as far as inflammation goes, yes. But as far as calories go, you know, you can eat less all you want. That's not going to really work for weight loss at this point in time. So the three categories that we want you want to look into to help support your weight loss goals. Well, the first one is really it's the physiology, right? So cell danger response, inflammation. This is complicated, but the point is that when you're dealing with something like autoimmune disease, a lot of times people are in a cell danger response. This is uh, something that I point out clearly with my Hashimoto's clients a lot because I work with a lot of people who have that, of course. And their cells are essentially shutting down. And this is what happens when you when your body is experiencing a lot of stressors from the environment, um, psychologically as well, not just toxins and infections, but all these things, the cells actually refuse to take in thyroid hormone. And well, you can't run your metabolism very well if that's not happening. It's like someone's knocking on your door and that's your thyroid hormone and no one's letting that, no one's opening the door to let the hormone in. And then more people come knocking on the door trying to get in and you're still refusing to open the door. That is kind of what's happening to your cells. And if that's not happening, well, how can you regulate your metabolism? How can you burn calories? How can you create heat? How can you have energy? Any of these, any of these things. So it's not to say that it's on, it's hundred percent or zero. It's just, you're leaning more towards the shutdown state. And if that's happening, well, diet is, is, is the least of your worries. It's about inflammation and working on figuring out what's causing the immune this mayhem. So this leads us to talking about infections and gut dysbiosis and hormonal imbalances besides the thyroid, thyroid, but like insulin and blood sugar. Okay. This is a huge issue. People don't realize how, um, how much of a imbalance in the blood sugar, um, they're, they're, they're dealing with. And that can be hypoglycemia. It can be hyperglycemia. Either, either one is not great. Okay. A lot of people deal with dysglycemia and insulin resistance and their labs are normal, but they still have it because conventional labs don't show this. So you have to look deeper and you need support with that, but that's happening a lot. And poor sleep, of course, not staying asleep, waking up in the middle of the night, night sweats, circadian rhythm that's off. You know, it's all tied into this. And this is the stuff that we need to get worked out because um, you can't, I mean, listen, if you're not sleeping well and you're not restoring, getting restorative sleep, it's going to be nearly impossible to lose weight. It really is. And even controlling your autoimmune disease, it's you regulate and you modulate your immune system between like two and four or 5 a.m roughly. And this is really important. So this kind of ties into cortisol imbalances and things like that. So if your cortisol is out of whack and your blood sugar is out of whack, which usually they go hand in hand, so is your hormones. And uh, yeah, this is a big issue and why people can't lose weight, even if they're eating low carb and things like that, because this stuff can happen strictly from psychological stress. You can diet your way into insulin problems and dysglycemia 
or you can you know, mentally get yourself there too from stress. You can stress your way there as well. So there's a physiology and there's way more into it, but that's just to give you a general landscape of what could be going on there and things that I see. Then there's the second issue of um, our behaviors and personality traits. So like I said, over-exercising, under-eating is a one-two punch to your metabolism. When done too long, really worsens survival mode. Too much physical stress. And this is beyond just that, but even just like our daily habits and our personality traits and the things we're doing on autopilot that we think are normal because we've been doing it for so many years. So of course it feels normal. It's our new quote unquote new normal, but it is actually what is sending the body the message of we're in danger, we're in survival mode and we shouldn't we shouldn't care for losing weight or doing any of these things that our conscious brain wants. So there's a disconnect. Your conscious brain says this thing is fine and normal, but your body's saying, hell no, this is not right. And we need to do something completely different. So, so if you can be aware of that, then that opens up the gates to a new approach, hopefully, which is, well, I have to change my life. I have to change my patterns. And this is tough when you have trauma underneath all this, which explains why we do these things like being busy, trying to control everything, being a perfectionist, being a workaholic, overcaring, overserving, minimizing our own needs, um, being a people pleaser, being in codependent relationships and trauma bonds and hanging around toxic people. It's complicated, but we do these things and we wonder why we're not getting results because you know, when you're running around and you don't slow down, because it's easier to do that than to sit and be with your feelings and thoughts, which is why we do this sometimes. Well, then nothing really does change because you're worsening the hormonal imbalances, inflammation, and you're avoiding feelings and emotions, which are also repressed and suppressed and need to be dealt with in order for you to heal and find wholeness. So it's way more than weight loss. You know, this is why mind body has to be integrated into this discussion. So our habits are getting in the way. And this is the probably the most important thing I could say on this episode because I think we lose sight of this. It's easy to be so consumed and honed in on our work and the family and, and our kids and, and they need our attention and I need to put myself last. I'm like, well, no, if you do that, then you're never going to be happy and get where you want to be. Okay, it's not about sacrificing your duties as a mom or as a wife or whatever your job is, or you have to quit or move or do any of these drastic things that some practitioners, I think, try to get people to do. I'm like, no, I'm not. My goal is not to do that for you. My goal is to help you find balance and to learn how to juggle all these things. And you can, but you have to make some shifts here and we have to find a compromise. Okay. So be aware of that because that is probably something you really need to pay more attention to. And then finally, I kind of alluded to this just now, but the emotional stress, right? The feelings that we've been kind of avoiding, they're kind of there. It's in the back of our minds. I mean, I know what that's like. I've dealt with grief and, and guilt for many, many years. And you feel good for a while, you're dealing with it. And then you come back to your normal life, and then you feel it again, you kind of avoid it. Maybe you just go to alcohol or you do, you do you know, weed or you do something else to distract yourself, social media, you go shopping, you... So we do these things to numb out and to bypass it because it's just so uncomfortable to be with that. Um, you know, I know I can tell you over the summer, I was dealing with grief for a good month 
you know, it was really tough. It was actually one of these moments where I'm like, wow, I haven't felt like this in many years. And so I did the responsible thing and I sat with the grief and the sadness pretty much every day. Um, you know, whenever I, especially whenever it came up and I would have memories or triggers that set me off and got me in that direction, like you might have, and you're sitting here like I am doing this podcast and you're looking around the room and something comes up in a memory and then you feel it and then you really have to sit with it and be with it and bring in compassion and do this, all these sort of practices to, um, that are in the self care world. Right. And before I knew it, you know, two weeks gone, uh, had gone by and I'm like, wow, it's, it's gone. I don't feel it. It dissolved. Right. It did nothing. I could think about this person or, or the situation and, I wasn't triggered. Nothing came up. I didn't feel the grief. Like I, like I know that I'm sad about it, but it's not like it's overwhelming me and it's not ruining my life or taking control of my brain. And so that's the difference is that when you can be with feelings and emotions, again, a whole other episode we'll do on this in the future. That's when it self liberates and, and dissolves, not when we attach to it and not when we try to avoid it. It's actually in the middle ground, which is seemingly the truth for most of these things I've been saying right? It's not this extreme or the other. It's really in the middle. And that's where the truth lies. So emotional stress, poor relationships, you know, your marriage, your relationship with your husband or your spouse or your friends and, you know, the in-laws and people you're hanging around with. Um, What toxic behaviors are they exhibiting? Are you constantly triggered by them? This is all really important because, you know, every time we're activated by people or things, it shoots up cortisol and and stress hormones. And this is the thing I keep saying. It's like a squirt of gasoline on a fire that's already in your body. So if you already have a fire burning, every time you get triggered and stressed out about the littlest things, you may not know it, but it's like squirting gasoline on the fire and the fire gets bigger and erupts. And this is why it's so hard for people to get results and for, and for why people don't see improvements in their symptoms with autoimmune disease or PCOS for that matter. So these are the three things I would just say to keep in mind. Now it's complicated and you need to obviously dig into this and see the details of it all with support. You can't really do this alone. I sure as hell couldn't because I wouldn't be able to because it's complicated. There's many things and everyone's their own unique puzzle. But to recap, you have the physiology of the cell danger and the inflammation and the gut dysbiosis and the blood sugar issues and estrogen and sex hormones and um, poor sleep and circadian rhythm. You have the ex- uh, over-exercising issue, the under-eating, the too much physical stress, personality traits and behaviors, coping s- patterns and strategies we do to and, and use to avoid pain and trauma. And of course, emotional stress and the feelings of your day-to-day life that um, you have to harness and gain control of and the relationships you're in with yourself, with other people and how, and like, it doesn't mean you have to, again, avoid people and like change your entire network, but you have to find ways and build resilience around this. And that's a complicated thing, but I'll just leave it at that. All right, so I hope that gives you something to think about. This is way more than just diet and exercise, obviously. And that's the point. You have to get out of survival mode. That is your priority, not to push the body to do something it's not ready for. When you get out of survival mode 
and you start to get things back in balance with your nervous system, immune system, and hormones, then you can sort of prepare the body for weight loss. And we can talk about this in, the, in a future episode where you get the body prepared and you're not just jumping into a steep caloric deficit and exercise regimen. And then there's how to do this in a progressive and um, sensible way so you don't plateau, which is, again, another discussion. But I hope this gives you something to think about and realize that you're not doomed by any means. I, I see clients lose weight plenty of times without even really trying because we address these things. That might sound crazy, but it's the truth. So if you go to go to the autoimmunerevolution.com, if you check out Thyroid Revive, that page, you'll see at the bottom or anywhere on that page, a lot of videos of clients who talk about their experience. And you'll see people losing weight, having increases in energy, in energy and seeing changes that they have never seen before because we're taking this down a different road and we're going about it from a completely different um, or with a different approach. So there is a reason for why this is happening. You're, there's a way out of it. There's a way to get the body you want and to feel the, your absolute best and to fit your clothes. And I want that for you. I absolutely do. That's why I do this work because I really care and I'm on your side. So if you need any support, if you're looking for guidance with this, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Justin Janoska and you can send me an email, justin at theautoimmunerevolution.com. So that's it for today. Thank you for so much. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for tuning in and listening. I hope this was helpful for you. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Peace and love. <laughs>